0: Hi, I'm EK Johnston, author of Star Wars: Ahsoka, Queen's Shadow and Queen's Carol, and you're listening to
1: The Living Force podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. This is where the fun begins. A Utini Podcast Network production. I like where your head's at. Episode 156, Our Favorite Star Wars Planets. your for all of On this episode, the Utini Patreon of the Week. I'm a big deal in the Resistance. Galaxy's Edge gets a new lightsaber. Hey, BD-1. I'm Cal. And the Utini crew talks about their favorite planets in Star Wars. I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. And now, here are your hosts. You want to meet some, uh, friends of mine? Eric Irleson, Dr. Charles Hankel, Wes Jenkins, and special guest host Timothy Guthrie.
2: Hello, everyone! Welcome to the Living Force at Utini Network podcast, all about Star Wars books and how just... Freaking good they are! I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to talk about some of our favorite Star Wars planets is a full crew, full of familiar faces, starting off with Dr. Charles Henkel! I'm first? I'm
3: first tonight? You're first? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Uh, I just want to say up front that I am still not entirely sure where the state of Massachusetts is. So trying to talk through a galaxy far, far away uh, is going to be difficult. I don't know where these planets are. I don't really know anything about them.
2: Well, the best thing about Star Wars, Charles, is that no one knows where they are because all the maps are wrong. But you know who's never wrong? <laughs> us, honestly, probably especially about maps because I would trust him with a map outside more than anyone is West Jenkins.
4: Oh, I'm glad you called me I <laughs> said it was me because if I hadn't clicked over to the wrong person, that would look really weird. Yes, I am. I am. I I know a lot about maps because I started with a key map growing up to figure out how to get to places. If you young kids don't know what a key map is, go ask your parents. And then uh, ultimately, you know, when you progressed into MapQuest and you printed those out, that way you could find out where you're going and then the digital age comes around. But we didn't have MapQuest for Star Wars. Um, we kind of... Sort of have a map quest for Star Wars. We're going to try to give you one today. So hopefully uh, we can give you a a good idea of where all these planets are compared to, uh, you know... Course on, because that's for, like center of the galaxy.
2: We will we will do what we can, and I will say, Wes, just like the upgrade from MapQuest to the Garmin GPS is the upgrade from the missing Dr. Corey Helton to Timothy Guthrie. What's up, sir? Oh sorry, on camera. You're on camera. You're on I, camera. Did,
0: I did not know that. Uh, I'm planning for California. So I don't I have no no idea what planets we're talking about. I don't know. But California, I got you. Dude, am going to to celebration. Tim? We, bought, we booked yes, the sir. plane tickets, we booked the rental car, I mean everything, dude. Like, we're so ready.
3: Heck yeah, man.
2: It's going to be so great. Can't wait to see you there. And of course, so many of our listeners and viewers, hello, welcome, welcome in. As you're watching in or listening, you know the drill. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell to make sure you see everything that we do. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, give the stars or the upvotes or the... the hearts i don't know everyone has ratings nowadays helps people find the show <laughs> Helps people find the community guess what guys before we get into the news um my addiction has progressed because i made another lego um That's beautiful. look at this this is this is what i did during the oscars a last perspective, night how big it yep. is this is my face this is poe dameron's x-wing uh from the rise of skywalker with the orange ones we got poe in here Flying the ship, and if I do this right,
0: what? you get a
2: little... Boom! Oh, hey, now. The S-foils go to attack formation or into flying formation, depending. So, um, I'm, I'm in this now. I'm in this now. My tantivy <laughs> yeah. is now mounted on the wall behind me, thanks to an Etsy seller who I did not look up the name of, but will happily promote... Uh, this is not good. This is bad. This is a bad thing that's happening. You're having
4: too much fun. I am. You're having way too much fun doing that, and it's, it, it's going to cost you. Dude. It's going to cost you.
2: It's not It's going to cost you,
4: obviously, money, but it's also going to cost you Cost you in frustration when those things fall on the
2: ground. Well, here's the thing. I have three Star Wars Legos right now because I have a Wyoming back there, none of which I have bought for myself. Have all been gifts so far. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'm going to dive into there and lose some money and lose a lot. Um. But I will say, when I spent like four hours straight just like sitting on the couch, drinking some White Claws, making that last night, I've I'm so relaxed. It's just the best hobby, and I'm so disappointed that it's so expensive.
4: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's it's a good way of just like getting away from everything yeah. and concentrating on on something that's easy as clicking blocks together. Yep.
2: Very aesthetically appealing. So all the LEGO fans out there, if you're listening or viewing, let me know. Do you collect Star Wars LEGOs? What are some of your favorites? Obviously, I'm a huge ship guy given by the ink on my body. Um, And someday, I'm going to get that Millennium Falcon. And if anyone is super rich and is very impulsive and wants to go to Celebration and hand me the LEGO Millennium Falcon, I ain't going to stop you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But... Before we go any further, I want to give another quick shout-out, not to my own Lego addiction, but to a very awesome member of our community who is in the chat right now and did their dishes. That is Moonflyer, who has done something very special in our Discord, and Tim... You spent a lot of time running our Discord. Uh, walk us through what Moonflower has been doing this last little bit. That's been yeah, really fun so
0: everybody. Moonflyer and uh, got to shout out Blind Fates as well for helping them out. Um, they've put together this Let's massive go. bracket. We're in the middle of March, March Madness. So what better thing to do than create a Legends and a Canon bracket? So we got two channels, Canon books, Legends books, and every night at 8 p.m. Eastern, so about this time, they post new matchups. And the idea is it'll last all month long. And we'll see who goes head to head. Um, I kind of have my bets on Revenge of the Sith going up against Light of the Jedi. And I don't want to reveal who's going to win because I think it's going to be a bloodbath.
2: (laughs) Well, it's so funny you say that, Timothy, because here, live on the show, as of eight minutes ago, um, there are new brackets. So I think it'd be fun if the four of us went through the most updated and and picked one as the show. I I will vote, but I'll do it as a team, right? So canon books right now. We got Queen's Peril, uh, which is the yeah. 19th seed, against Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. Mm. This is a tough one because there are two books that we have talked about ex- exceedingly fairly on this show. We, we do like mm-hmm. both of these quite a bit. Um, we're going to spend a ton of time. Right now it's three to five. The voting three to six. I'm going to say Queen's Peril.
3: I'm going to say
0: Queen's Peril. Okay.
2: I'm going to say Queen's Peril. I'm also going to say For the Queen's show,
0: Peril. I'll say Queen's Peril. For right. this
3: show.
2: All he right. Made I am voting. We have voted Queen's Peril. Obviously, we love Chaos Rising. It was our book of the year when it came out. But Queen's Peril, I mean, you see these books next to me right now. Queen's Hope coming out next week. There is something about that momentum. I love it. Oh, God. This is why brackets are great. Brackets and drafts, they're just really great. Legends now. Oh. This is. Well. X Wing Rogue Squadron. Great book. And Revenge of the Sith.
0: It's going to be Revenge of the Sith for me, don't... Uh, I mean, it t-
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's I Revenge me. the it's, it's, um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's of the Sith. Sorry, sorry, it's Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I'm not going to keep you all in suspense for that vote. Um, <laughs> oof. Uh, well, but if it, <laughs> I, am, I am more than halfway done,
4: by the way. I am more than halfway nice. done with that book. Thank you very much. And I, again, like I did last time, I specifically made myself mow the yard longer today so I could continue listening to it because it's quite the book. It's quite the audio book, but it's so good. It's yeah. so good. What the? Have y'all listened to it before? No, I haven't even read it. It's so super good. <laughs> I have listened to it. <laughs> I gotta.
2: <laughs> I sounds never great. That's a good it. recommendation. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, if you, like us, just enjoyed that, again, like Tim said, and like Moonflower and Blind Fans are working on, head over to our Discord and our Canon Books and Legends Books channels. Get those new brackets each day. It's a ton of fun. And thank you guys for making the community so great. And again, this is the thing that the community just wanted to do. Um, and did, which is such an amazing thing. And we love you. Speaking of people we love, let's talk about our Patreon community at patreon.com slash utini. The reason that we are able to fund literally anything we do. And the reason that Star Wars Celebration is happening for us. As a reminder, um, we don't have any new patrons this week. But we do have a very important, a very phenomenal patron of the week. So, Charles, it's been so long since I've asked you this. Can you please... Go in the ClickUp doc and click the button and read our Patron of the Week.
3: Thanks for vamping long enough to make sure that I I actually had time to (laughs) get the document open if I needed it. It was already open. I just want you to know that. Okay, great. Uh, was
2: like 156 episodes in. (laughs) Vamping is important.
3: Our Patron of the Week uh, this week is Chris Carrizzo, who is actually in the chat and said hi uh, when we first started streaming. But Chris says, hello there, my name is Chris Carrizo, and I'm from Ocala, Florida, about an hour north of Orlando slash Galaxy's Edge. I got into Star Wars at a younger age when my dad showed us the original trilogy, I think when we were six or seven. I then went and saw them when they were re-released in theaters, but I would say I really started to like Star Wars when the prequels came out. Revenge of the Sith go. came out when I was in high school and me and a bunch of friends waited in line and saw the midnight premiere. My favorite Star Wars story is Dark Disciple and I love the Clone Wars TV show. I've watched it all the way through three times now. I've always loved the dark side characters, and I feel this book really explores the struggle, the struggle to being good and evil that most of us go through. I decided to join Patreon because I've been listening to podcasts for a while, and I always try to support my favorite podcasts by buying the merchandise that sponsors them. But what's cool about Patreon is you can give them the money straight up and not have to buy anything you won't use. Also, I'm supposed to get a raise at work this year, so once that happens, I'll give you <laughs> a raise as well
0: what oh man look at that
3: question time i know eric and wes are big sports guys like myself if we could get a book about an athlete in the star wars universe what sport would you like to see featured and what species would you want playing that sport
2: wow oh man well first of all thank you chris uh chris actually did is in the process of buying book from me and i have spent now two weeks not taking it to the post office it's by my door man i it is coming and i owe you that you're amazing it's on its way secondly though great question um wow i cheated you cheated (laughs) i I, I read the question all right Wes, go for it start us (laughs) off here so i was
4: i would i was talking about this earlier with my friends um we should like we were thinking about getting a dodgeball group together i was like what happened to dodgeball so dodgeball would be the sport okay and i was think so what species would it be i would need somebody like lanky like long arms so they can get the torque involved to I throw really these hope balls you're at say maximum, who i think you're going to say max <laughs> it's not a uh, person uh, per se it's a species but it's uh, it would be a Kaminoan cuz oh, they're so slender yeah. and they got the oh, long be hard arms to hit. yeah right That'd be great. Yeah, and then when they get thrown at, they can stand sideways and uh, <laughs> you know, they hit them because they're so. Because they're so. I scary. thought you were going Dexter Jester there. I
2: swear, I, I was. I like... thought
3: you were going Gus Gano. <laughs>
2: with all the arms. <laughs> <laughs> Gus, Gano Gus Gano
3: be... <laughs> is like a Caminoan and Dexter put together.
2: That would be amazing. See, so many good choices already with that. Great choice, Wes. Um, I mean, Justin in the chat has has I think the correct one. It's pod racing. Easy. I mean, we. God, we've wanted that pod racing, but the, the Fast and the Furious and Star Wars. I said dodgeball. No. Okay, pod racing is current, the right But I will <laughs> also say, I want that stupid droid, uh, stupid yes. droid football that's playing. Yes, in that was Club. mine. It's called Noonaball,
0: <laughs> and I want to see the conclusion of that Nuna game Ball. that was on TV in Coruscant. I got to see it.
2: <laughs> the Ball. I would love to watch the Ball. <laughs> I would also love, I mean, come on. I want I want a guy that likes to play Noonaball, but he's a... He 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 comes from uh from a family I can't afford to give him the good Nuna gear. But he but he works out and he and he, gets, and he goes to Nuna school every morning, everything's called Nuna. And uh he 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 he, he lifts weights and he just tries hard. It's, I want Rudy but Nuna Ball. That's what I'm saying. I want Rudy and he goes to like the, the Catholic version of Star Wars school. It's like St. Mary's
4: We're not going in case the Nuna gets in. We call him the NUNA NUNA Jacket. NUNA <laughs> NUNA <laughs> NUNA <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank god cory's not here this week he would not put up with any of this nonsense he wouldn't know what we were talking about if
3: if there is football in a galaxy far far away which clearly there is because that's what new ball truly is there's got to be rugby too and if they play oh, yeah. rugby then how do you not how do you not let Dewootens play rugby think about that oh i mean that would be dang, a knockout drag out that's that's what i would choose
4: Mhm. Wookiees. Or Wookiees versus Wookiees.
2: has <laughs> oh, got a good one. How about an Ardinian for dodgeball? We're really nailing like the four-limbed Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Just. Fur, 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 fur. <laughs> well,
4: what was what was Bobu Frick? An uh, Frick Nobody can was, hit him because uh, you can't see him. Yeah, the If Anzella. he got hit though, it's
3: game over. He <laughs> just
4: holds on to the ball. He's
0: like, ah. <laughs>
2: That dodgeball <laughs> hey! is life and death for an Anselit.
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah. I am not ready! No! <laughs> yeah. Um, Alright, I think we've just created a future Living Force episode, so thank you, <laughs> Chris, for not only being a part of the Patreon community, but for that amazing question. For the rest of y'all that are in our Patreon community, we have the Revenge of the Sith commentary on the books. It is going to be recorded. It's, gonna, it's, it's taken us a while, as they all do, and I love that y'all understand it. We have... There's just a lot that goes into it, but it's coming next month. Cannot wait to watch it again. We also, though, have a brand new Patreon goal. Uh, once we had $900, which is our next goal, we have something called Infinities, a UTD Network multiverse event. Um, and the copy, I mean, Tim, you wrote this sure, copy. Sure, I can read do it? that.
0: So the copy is, imagine a world where Jared never knew about naked palps. Emma never got to experience Kira coming back in the comics, and Charles never prepared for a canon roundtable because he's only ever read Kenobi.
3: That's impossible! Okay,
0: <laughs> maybe it's a bit extreme. <laughs> <laughs> However, when this goal is reached, the fabric of the Force will be ripped apart and reconfigured into something. Up will be down, left will be right, and all of our show hosts will find themselves scattered across the Utini network for a week unlike any before.
2: So yeah, this is something that we've been talking about doing for a while, and we really just figured, you know what? What better way to make ourselves finally do it than by making it a Patreon goal? This is gonna include Good, yeah. all the shows in the Utini network that are that we possibly can. Uh, that do weekly shows, that do live shows. We are gonna flip flop, and this isn't even just gonna be all four of us go to Cosmic Force, and all like this could be like hosts intermingling and switching, and we hope that it'll be a week that one allows all of you in our audience, maybe you don't follow all of our shows, follow us to those, maybe find some out, some new faces, hear some new voices and have fun. And ideally it could put a lot of us hosts in really awkward positions where we don't know what we're talking about, which is just so much fun to watch. Um, that's going to be our next Patreon goal. So if you haven't joined Patreon yet, there's a little incentive. We're trying to get our community up as best we can before we get to celebration uh, because all of our Patreon money is going towards our panel and booth and giveaways and all kinds of fun stuff. So go over to patreon.com utini or utini.com Patreon. Join up today because aside from all those goals, you get all the extra content we're putting out, all the extra shows, and you just get to be one of the cool kids, which is what we all want, right? A little bit of news this week, folks, in Star Wars World. First of all, something very close to my heart and even closer to my wallet. We got a new lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge for the first time in what feels like forever. For the first time in forever. <laughs> um, It's Cal Kestis, everyone. Look at that. Cameron Monaghan himself showed up to Galaxy's Edge to show off the fan-voted Cal Kestis lightsaber. And, y'all, it's a beauty. Look at this thing.
3: That is a cool saber, man. So it was announced like where a half ago, but then
2: something like that. Right. There was a giant fan poll, and it asked like, you know, who do you want the next one to be? And Calcasus was in there. I think Qui Gon Kanan was in there. Um, the the Sith from the VR game, I think. This was, was an in excellent there.
0: choice. It looks so but, good. But uh,
2: yeah, no, Cal mm, won. Yeah. Cal won by a mile. I think I voted for Kanan, but Cal won by a mile, and it's it's a gorgeous saber. <laughs> And I'm not even gonna 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 fake it. I already have an order in with the Disney smuggler. Like it's on its way to my apartment. Like I I love this thing. It's incredible.
4: It looks great. Um, especially that like the how they did mm-hmm, the back yeah. end there. Like, like I mean you know, I know it's kind of I know it's kind of out of focus a little bit, mm-hmm. but they have they have to put like a lot of detail into mm-hmm. that and then make it sturdy because it looks like you know if you scraped across something, some of the little pieces will fall apart, but. The way they make it, nothing can fall apart on no. that thing, probably because it's $200. <laughs>
2: and it's also, uh, that bottom half is, is uh, removable, so I think you can, because Cal can be double-sided, so you can mm-hmm. remove that, and I think you can attach on other lightsabers oh to make gosh. it double-bladed. So
4: he can, I can see it, too. Look, mm, You can see it yeah, right see here. Yeah, see that little crease. Right, right there.
2: Yeah. I can't wait to have it. I can't wait to see folks with it at Celebration. Yes, Chase, I hope they do a big restock. Before Celebration, I'm sure they will. Um, Disney has not Mm -hmm. said this is a limited lightsaber. They've done some limited runs, like the double-bladed. Temple Guard lightsaber was limited run and things like that. But this should be there when folks head over for Celebration or whenever you go to Galaxy's Edge. So head over to Doc Ondar's and pick that up. But something that is a little less expensive, and by that I mean a lot less expensive, and is much easier to get, is an upcoming novel, of course. Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher is coming this summer, and we got the cover reveal, and oh my god, it's so cool. It's really so stylized.
4: Cover. It's so much better than the original, with just black yeah, letters.
2: <laughs> cover not final is so boring. <laughs> yeah. For our audio listeners, if you haven't seen this yet, uh, this shows Lando Calrissian and Luke Skywalker looking to be a little, a little older, a little like, kind of more towards Force Awakens than Return of the Jedi in just a glorious art style with uh, our unknown villain with a red lightsaber on the front. We don't know who this is. It's a brand new character they've confirmed. Oh. But I, I just, you know, I, 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 we really try to stay positive on this show. But after some of the oh. covers we've gotten recently, this is really good. This is a really cool art it's style. It's very good. <laughs> you know?
4: Um, Can you remind me again uh, of any of the Star Wars uh stories or novels like Adam Christopher was originally been with. supposed to do the Mandalorian this, novelization
0: and then it got pulled so mm, got scrapped I am way in favor of this oh. instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: And if you haven't read any of Adam Christopher's work, you're in luck because over at starwars.com where they announced this cover, they also had a frankly huge excerpt. Like it's the longest excerpt we've had by a mile. Uh, our buddy Tom over at Del Rey was in the Discord and on Twitter saying, yes, we don't usually do excerpts that are this long, but there was a reason for this. And I don't want to spoil anything, but if you got to the end of the excerpt, you know why it was that long. I mean, I mean, fellas, did we all read the excerpt? Yes, yeah, I think yes, Tim, I did. you did. Charles, you did. Wes, did you did not. not.
3: Okay. It's good. I did what not. I don't want to spoil stuff. No, we're so not going to spoil stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, a really cool writing style as well. Um, very... A new, fresh voice. Very excited for it. So make sure you get that pre-order in. That's coming out in June. We still got a while for that one. But, I mean, come on. It's going to sneak up on us because April starts this week. (laughs) 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 Time is fake. (laughs) 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 One one final piece of news. We want to give a little bit of a surprising Star Wars congratulations to now Oscar winner Troy Kutzer, who won an Oscar last night for Best Supporting Actor in a Film for Coda. And Troy... Uh, is the first deaf man to ever win an Oscar, uh, the second deaf actor after Marley Matlin in the 80s. Troy played one of the Tuskens in The Mandalorian in the Gunslinger episode that did the sign language. So another Star Wars actor now has an Oscar. That's
0: the coolest thing. Yeah. That's super cool.
2: Congratulations, Troy. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was a really beautiful moment last night. Um, all the code of love, especially what it means for the deaf community, what it means for so many folks that now see themselves on screen. Again, similar to, I think, how a lot of folks saw when the Tuscans started doing this. Like, Troy has been so key in the deaf community's appearances on screen, in the Star Wars world, in the Oscar-loving world. So, congratulations. Always love more statues coming to the Star Wars family. And, of course, everyone, you may not get an Oscar, and that's okay. But you know you can get a book if you go to Uteni.com <laughs> and go to the release schedule, because next week... Queen's Hope right here is finally coming out on April 5th, as well as the entire Wave 3 of the Essential Legends Collection. And then, of course, you got Brotherhood by Mike Chen coming out on May 10th. So go to the release schedule, go to the book profiles, click the affiliate links to help us keep the lights on over here, and make sure all of the Star Wars books get to you the day they release. And before we get into some fun stuff, we have some really, really fun and amazing stuff that we did not put in the intro to the show Because our friends, my friends, everyone's friends, you're our friends, we want to celebrate another friend that's actually on another one of our sister shows, Legends Look Back. Our very own Emily had a baby! (coughs) Congratulations time to Emily and her hubby on the birth of William David, a.k.a. Darth Tumnus, (laughs) Um, that was born uh, back on last Tuesday, so almost a week exactly. Um, We are so thrilled for you and your family for this new edition, Emily has already proven, I mean, how much of an amazing mom she is the first go-around. So just keep it on going. I can't wait for that baby to grow up, learn about the dangers of passion, and decide that he needs to overpower both of you. So, <laughs> son, send some congratulations to our Legends our Legends Look Back family because it's, it's a great week. And, uh, yeah, just, a, just give me a great mom. You already are a great mom. You're a better mom. 2.0. First podcast. That's a weird thing I realized. I love love how
4: she's already reading her Star Wars books.
2: Yes, because the hospital had Star Wars books. Yeah,
4: that's amazing.
2: A lot of them too. (laughs) Like not just a couple that happened to be. Plagueis. They had like a bunch of copies of. If you want your newborn to grow up right, Plagueis. (laughs) Oh man! But congratulations, Emily. all the, all the love from all of us in the ETD family and all of our listeners and viewers, of course, I uh, wanted to share this with you because it's always great when the, when the family quite literally grows. Now back to the Star Wars stuff, though, because that's why we're here. We're here to talk about our favorite planets, everyone. We finally decided to give Charles a week off of round tables and intense research and stuff and add a homework assignment <laughs> because this week I decided what's more fun than talking about our favorite planets. Uh, we talked a lot of Midnight Horizon about Corellia. And as we were talking, I was like, you know what? There are so many planets that act as characters in Star Wars, which is super fun. So we each decided we're going to pick a planet. We're going to research a bit about it. And we're basically doing a show and tell tonight, everyone. We're going to tell you a planet we love, why we love it, uh, what books you should read if you're a fan of that planet. And as we go, I want you to light up that chat with some of your favorites as well, uh, because it's always fun when it's conversation. I do want to call Corey out, though. Who did have to miss the show tonight for a totally legitimate reason. However, he called dibs on Corellia and pulled out of the show this morning. So Corellia is easily a top four planet. Corey just called dibs and then didn't do the show. So, Corey, I love you, buddy. Can't wait to see you next week. Hate you for that. If you want to read Corellia books, read Midnight Horizon, Most Wanted, Hunt's Soul Trilogy, any else I'm missing, guys, on top of our heads on Corellia? It's like the best planet in the world.
4: I was just saying all the whole yeah. Han Solo books. Yeah, all the
2: Han... So. He, he always goes yeah. to Corellia. Yeah.
4: DJO, yeah.
2: <laughs> Come on, watch Solo again. Get those Disney Plus numbers up so we can get that show. Um, But yeah, I think we're just going to go on Robin about it. And I want to say, Wes, you're controlling the tech. So you have the pictures that we have up. <laughs> Who do
1: you think That's should right. go first? Well... <clears throat>
2: I
4: think in uh, in spirit of in spirit of me actually wearing a planet shirt I'm unlike wonderful. you other losers <laughs> um I hey well it, I'm sorry that's backwards by the way but that's just how this the camera operation works um we're going to go with Alderon um and Alderon was picked by none other than
2: <laughs> yes alderaan my favorite planet i will call you out west i am wearing a planet shirt i'm wearing a batu black spire outpost shirt thanks so okay. much um but yes i will start out with alderaan alderaan is it's that corelia honestly go back and forth so much but when i came down to it and i was really thinking about it alderaan is my favorite star wars planet this is a Image of it, pre what we mostly know about it, uh, because it's mostly rocks. (laughs) It's obviously pre-image. You know, it's an an earlier shot. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Because that is honestly one of the things that I love about Alderaan. Its unique status is that the thing we know about it is that it's destroyed. Like, it it shows up very briefly in Episode 4, and its sole purpose in the trilogy for a very long time is just to be destroyed To show the power of the Death Star. And Mm -hmm. the fact that that planet. Retroactively has been transformed. Into this kind of. Matriarchal democratic utopia. Of art and politics. And all this great stuff. Is one of the things that I really love about Star Wars. Is the most innocuous things. Can always be made cooler. By books. And by extra materials and stuff like that. So Alderaan. Other than being destroyed in Episode 4. Has a couple notable characters, namely uh, Bail Organa, our lord and savior Bria Organa, <laughs> and Leia Organa uh, Bria, queen of the planet married Bail, who took his wife's last name as she was the queen of the whole planet and then Leia followed in her family's footsteps to learn all kinds of great things, which I will talk about in just a moment some key features of Alderaan, why I love it so much it is fiercely independent, it is a matriarchal political society, it is basically the birthplace of the rebellion I really love this photo that we have on the screen here because it does give us a shot. I believe this is from the end of episode three um, of just kind of how beautifully the, te- the technology of the city, because it's very futuristic. Uh, Justin in the chat has a great point. It's kind of like Krypton, right? It-, it has that very sci-fi feel, but it's within beautiful mountains. And
4: this was at the end of episode three. When Leia believe, gets delivered, I- Unless right?
2: I'm wrong. Yeah, when Leia gets delivered, oh, he wow. says he always wanted a girl. And Bale brings Leia to Bria. We get to see Alderaan just for a hot second. And it's so cool because this this place so seamlessly incorporates technology and nature, which is when I think Star Wars is, frankly, at its best. And because of that, I want to show off a couple of books that I think would be great reading assignments for – reading assignments, you have homework. No, you don't. Um, (laughs) Additives, if you would like. The first one, I see our buddy Jared is in the chat. I got to start with the Legends novel, of course. And this is the book Razor's Edge by Martha Wells. This is technically the second book in the Empire Rebellion series that follows Honor Among Thieves, um, which is written by uh, James S. A. Corey, the writing duo from The Expanse. Shout out. Um, But it's really a standalone novel of Leia. And the cool thing about this book is that Leia, within this novel, is troubled, uh, the Rebellion is, is making up the, the base on Hoth, but Leia is troubled when she encounters, quote, a group of Alderanians who just survived their planet's destruction but resorted to living as pirates. Pirates? Alderon? Leia? Come on. It's great stuff. And one of the things I really like about this book, specifically about Alderon, is that the idea of Alderanians as refugees is a really fascinating story that, I mean, you have to use if you're going post A New Hope, right? There are these people who have lost their homeland, but their identity as Alderanians is still very important to them. And throughout this book, I mean, Leia deals with them, I mean, with piracy and Leia. Leia likes the law, despite being a rebel. She's, you know, doesn't necessarily condone a lot of stealing and theft and things like that. But she comes to this really uh, difficult identity crisis of, am I an Alderanian princess? Or am I a leader of the Rebellion? And what, am I, what are my loyalties lie and all things like that. So this is a great book if you want to kind of delve into that side of Alderaan. Of if you've lost your home, how can you make a new one? How can you take that with you? Um, kind of like the the Asgardians in the, in the MCU, right? After Thor Ragnarok, Asgard is on the ship, as it were. So I think that's always a very cool idea to carry along with you. Everybody think Razor's Edge does it beautifully. Justin in the chat... What a great segue to my next project, which I don't own, but is the Princess Leia comic uh, by Mark Wade and drawn by Terry Dodson. It's just called Star Wars Princess Leia. It is a mini series, came out in twenty fifteen, which is like, right when like all the comics relaunched at Marvel. Yeah, look at that. There's that cover um, with Leia looking freaking awesome with that Terry Dodson art, and it is kind of a similar story to Razor's Edge, just in canon. Uh, Within this comic miniseries, she has to wrestle with the idea of carrying on the culture of Alderaan, you know? How is she going to remain true to who she is and become this rebellion leader, all while she's still super young? But she has all the responsibility as that, but also has the responsibility in knowing that Bale is gone, which is the worst <laughs> ever. Uh, and Brent, Bria is gone. So Thank you. Thank you. That, that moment has hit me. He, I'm so sorry. Yeah, he bailed out of existence, Charles.
0: <laughs> hey! <laughs>
2: but again, another thing that deals with loss a lot. So I think those are a nice one-two combo if you want to deal with that side of Alderaan specifically. If, however, you want to deal with Alderaan while it's alive, I got three more, uh, well, two and a half more products for you. The first is this guy. Uh, we've talked about this a couple times. From a certain point of view, Star Wars, the first one. I know, Wes is one of your favorites. I know. <laughs> it is a bunch of short stories. And the story Eclipse in this by uh, Madeline Rue is re- especially good because it shows the really dark tale, but also just super well written tale of Bale and Bria right before Alderaan is destroyed. And it is the, the eclipse that they see is the Death Star coming over the, over the way. And it's it's this really harrowing story of what are these last moments of this couple who maybe thought this might happen, have accepted their sacrifice and things like that. I don't want to get too much into it, because one, it's very sad. But also, it's just so well-written. And it's short. Again, all these short stories, there's 40 of them in this book. I When I was reading this book, I put it on the nightstand. And I just kind of read one before bed. I just kind of made my way through it nice and easy. But Eclipse by Madeline Rue is especially great. Wes, do you remember reading this one?
4: I do. I do actually remember reading that, because... That was like the first time that I've we had some kind of interaction with Alderon outside of that one part of uh, Episode Three. But like from Episode Four, like I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I didn't know. I knew. I knew when we we spoke about it that Alderon was more like was like an Earth planet, but it was like like you said, it was like a utopia. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know more about it, and they they did a, g- a good job of saying like everybody was at peace, and then they were like. I can't remember the details, and I don't want to tell you the details. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was like I said in the chat. It was a good, great, hard read though. It was a hard read. Yeah. Just like, ugh, just I don't know. At the very end, it was it's, it's rough.
2: <laughs> it's just it's so good, and it really shows you. I mean, it, you want to know why I love Bale and Bria so much? That's a huge part of it. Another one. I said I was going to go all current. I'm going to go forward in the timeline just a little bit to go to Star Wars Bloodline by Claudia Gray. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the great. Claudia Gray Leia novels, and this takes place with an older Leia post-Return of the Jedi, but Alderaan is almost a character in this because like the novels we mentioned earlier, Leia is so intensely affected by her history and by wondering where she came from and by the lineage that she's taking forward, and it really does pop up a lot in this book. Uh, If you don't know Bloodline, it is one of the most lauded canon novels, even though it came out now almost six years ago, and it's just so excellent it shows Leia as politician it's a political thriller almost akin to something like Winter Soldier I think I I would almost put it in that category but the history of Alderaan plays a really cool key part in this in ways that I don't want to spoil but if you want to see Leia reckoning with that part of her heritage wanting to carry on that line as well as leader of the New Republic it is an intense reading oh my gosh JG read this in one sitting that's
0: amazing
2: (laughs) um well done. Also, shout out to Jared, who reminded us that in Legends, Alderaan is full of giant bugs.
0: Why? Why would you do that? <laughs>
2: final, novel, <laughs> final novel I have is, is my personal favorite book about Alderaan. It's the most Alderaan book I've ever read. And it's literally called Leia, Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray. YA novel, all about Leia. And she's growing up and going through the trials of becoming a ruler of Alderaan. Of how did she become a princess? Well, there are steps that you must take. Uh, There are things you must do and trials you must go through. And Claudia Greatish writes a really freaking awesome YA book about Leia. There's really great stuff about Bria and Bale as they're hiding the burgeoning rebellion from their daughter. Because they're trying to keep her safe. Uh, You get to meet Admiral Holdo and discover the, the beginnings of that friendship uh panaka shows up um it's uh it's just freak it's a really amazing book um you get leia's first love all kinds of cool stuff and it most of it takes place literally on alderaan so if you want if you want a book about alderaan that takes place on the soil of alderaan and realize why i love it so much this this is the number one leia princess of alderaan I I need to stop saying Alderaan. The word is losing meaning. I'm saying it so many times, but <laughs> uh, amazing book from Claudia Gray. I duh, but that's your number one for an Alderaan fan. It made it my favorite planet. It made Bail my favorite space dad. Can't recommend it more. And that, my friends, is my book report on Alderaan.
3: A plus. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
4: Well done. Take a seat.
3: <laughs> Take a <laughs> seat, Eric. Take a se- This is now. Also, it's unfair.
4: Moving from. Alderon, well done. We are going to move into our Whoa. special guest for it's Timothy's me. planet. Timothy, what did you pick as one of your favorite planets I of the show?
0: One of the most goaded planets of all, named after, or not named after Mike's cat. Mike's cat is named after this. Shout out to Mike in the Discord. <laughs> Naboo. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, Naboo, what can I say about name. Naboo? And it's like a dark black cat, too. is beautiful. Anyways, what can I say about Naboo that has not been said before? <laughs> um, introduced first. Right off the bat in episode one, Phantom Menace, which I watched last night. Still a classic. Still so good. But it also made appearances in episodes two and three. I love this shot that's on the screen. That's actually from Battlefront 2, and it is gorgeous. Mm I love it. It's idyllic, um, beautiful waterfalls and mountains and lush green areas. Um, Really incredible. Some notable characters along the way. I mean, I I can't do a character list without dropping, like... The love of my life next to my wife, Padme Nabiri. Come on. Queen at yeah. fourteen. I was expecting
3: Boss Ness. <laughs> Ever heard Boss of Boss Ness, you're right.
0: He didn't make the cut. Sorry, Charles. Uh, <laughs> Queen, Senator, wife to Anakin, mother to Luke and Leia. She led her planet through an invasion. I mean, how do you not mention her? Um, Chief Palpatine, Chancellor himself, um, I I hate the guy. Maybe the greatest Sith in history, um, but Naboo's none less his his birthplace. Um, He's like the Tom he, Brady of Star Wars. Really like I hate
2: is. him, but you got to yep, respect exactly. the code.
3: How did something produce both Sheev Palpatine and? Batman? Well, you
0: know what? There's there's an equalizer to range. this <laughs> because my well, next character is Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> 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 the native Gungan of Naboo uh, becomes Senator and yeah. grants <laughs> Palp's emergency powers, which is just take it as you will. Um, and Eric, you mentioned him earlier, Korsh Panaka too, captain of the Royal Naboo Guard and close friend of Palpatine, um, actually becomes a moth during the Empire. Yeah. Something that I loved seeing um, a bit in uh, the Leia book that you mentioned um, and, mm-hmm. Bloodline and Bloodline as well. Yeah. So that's really cool. <laughs> There's a I'm gonna shout out Andrew. Um, I have a quote here from Soren Keys uh, from the Alphabet Squadron books, wow. where he goes, "If I recall my history, hey. Moth Panaka was instrumental in breaking his homeworld's blockade, not preserving it." Um, just shows a little bit about his little his turn, um, the way he kind of goes goes all imperial on us. So, and the last two things, they are not really characters, but they are in my heart. Neurotransmitter affection. Shout out to the Queen's yeah. Trilogy, a band based on My Chemical <laughs> yes! Romance, and maybe the most beautiful ship in all the galaxy, the Naboo N1 Starfighter, with mm-hmm. or without the Grogu Gosh. compartment, let me add. Um, but it's,
2: <laughs> I need that tattoo <laughs> yeah, on my it's body. Beautiful, it's beautiful,
0: so though. Bad. I mean, like like these pictures that Wes is putting up, this is technically yeah. Italy, but it's gorgeous because that's where they filmed everything. Um, <laughs> It's just, it's so cool. And Naboo is full of, you know, your, your arts kids, right? They have passions for the arts. They, uh, they definitely went to a liberal arts college, (laughs) they've got an elective monarchy. They're largely (laughs) pacifist, like, even trying to build an ion disruptor, right, was a whole big thing in some of the books. Um, Like, that was too, too weaponry for them, I guess. Um, But they're staunchly loyal to the Republic post-invasion. They fought off the Trade Federation and the Imperial Remnant during Operation Cinder. I mean, like, I want to be a naboo Or a Naboo? A Naboo. I want to be a Naboo. (laughs) And and (laughs) two two quotes. (laughs) A Naboo who lives on Naboo in the Naboo system. Uh, They're in the (laughs) Kamal sector, though, so at least that's different, Right. Anyways, two quotes um, on the beauty of Naboo itself. Anakin Skywalker says, "If I grew up here, I don't think I'd ever leave." And I most definitely agree with him. But also, I think maybe even more eloquently spoken um, by Jar Jar Binks himself: "Decent, lovely."
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> such a such a beautiful place.
3: Poetry. Poetry, man. <laughs> oh, <that's> speaking <laughs> of, like the surface of Naboo, obviously incredible. Mm-hmm. Also, the like Oda Gunga yeah. and all the Gungan cities, that, like the bubble cities. That is like one of my burned into my brain memories of my first time watching Phantom Menace. Like that weird kind of swim, high pitch music yep. while they're swimming down. Like everything about Naboo is amazing.
2: Yeah, tis a, it's hidden, a hidden city. city. Yeah. <laughs>
3: To see. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Definitely, if you want to know more about Naboo, you got to check out the books. The Queens Trilogy by E.K. Johnston, new one coming out next week, right? Very excited yes, for that. Ooh, um, Light yes. of the Jedi, actually, surprisingly, gets a shout out to Naboo. Uh, the Santeca clan um, has a presence there, and so that was really neat. Um, really surprised for me, honestly, when, uh, whenever I read that.
2: I think that's the biggest yeah. shout-out to Naboo, because the Santecas, their whole purpose is that they're stupidly yep. rich, and the place they decide to live <laughs> is Naboo. Yep. They're like, I can go <laughs> anywhere where the richest people in the galaxy. I'm living, on an- I'm living in Italy. Sorry.
0: So yep, good. Yep. Uh, two more canon references that I'll make. Um, Naboo pops back up in Darth Vader twenty twenty, the run by Greg Pak, um, which is phenomenal for the Handmaidens, um, the Amidalans as they're called there. Um, also in Shattered Empire, um, we get to see them uh, get to see Naboo back in action. Um, and I would be remiss to not mention a Legends novel. It's the only one that I have read that I have seen mention Naboo, I think, and that is Darth Plagueis. Um, You get Sheev's background in it. It's so good. It's a different, more, like, seedy, political side of Naboo. Um, It's fantastic. So definitely recommend reading those.
2: Naboo is one of those planets where it it is every time it pops up in a book or or in a show or something, it gives me that little tingle. And I think Phantom Menace, for all of us, is is so key in that. We're, like, just subconsciously, like, hey, hey, kids. Look at this really pretty place. Isn't it so relaxing and lovely? Like, this is serotonin as a planet.
0: Yeah.
2: And I just, I Mm -hmm. love it. I love it.
4: Okay. And a lot of uh, video games took place on Naboo Mm -hmm. as, like, just basically doing the war that was in episode one. They all played off of that, so that was a, uh, that's another visual that we got to Really explore what Naboo was. It is I so difficult those
0: fighting those that, dang droids on Battlefront 2. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I hate that level.
2: That last point when you're yep. out on the staircase mm-hmm. and you got to
0: control mm-hmm. the square. I would rather just jump into the lake, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, never mind. I hate Naboo. i mind. I freaking hate naboo. I'm done with it. Yeah. Okay.
4: I have I have the reins here. Oh god. Um, oh and boy. I'm, and I'm going to take I'm going to take over. And this was. This was more difficult than I anticipated. <laughs> so originally, I originally I brought up like the I, for, I forgot what, they were, what the they were even the Cassandra worlds. No one knew what that was. The Cassandra worlds. No, I didn't even know what Did it was. You make it up it's because it was from. No, it was it's from it's where Cyphodius is from. I've a, a I'm a fanboy for Cyphodius. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I am not. This would probably be one of my favorite planets. Just because of the lore behind it, but I wish I knew a lot more about it. And thank God that Jared is here to teach me Let's and correct every single thing that I have to say. Because, well, first, first of all, let me get into the mood here. Ooh,
2: get...
4: what a ball of music. Okay.
2: So, tell our audio my... listeners what just <laughs> happened because that was a visual moment. My room is now
4: blood red yeah. because I picked Corabon as my one of my favorite planets. Um, it's not a place where you would want to vacation to. It's not a place that um, you would even want to get exiled to, yet uh, there is a uh, a storm of uh, Dark Jedi that did get exiled there that the Jedi didn't think that was going to happen. So let me get into what Korriban is all about. So Korriban was called something else and not actually Korriban. So Korriban was called... Um, <laughs> I, I can't even really pronounce it the best. It's pe- Pesigam? Oh yeah, Pesigam. P S E G A M. Pesigam. Aren't they that? Ta- are they that soccer team in Europe? <laughs> PSG. Yeah. I'm sure. So, Horriban is the homeworld of the Sith. It is the. It is their like the origin world, and then they have they also have a like adopted uh, home world of uh, starts with the Zios. So. Anyways, Korriban, Homeworld of the Sith. I picked it because I like the Sith lore, but we don't have a lot of it in canon, so most of it is coming from Legends. So, timeline-wise, 6,900 years BBY. At the end of the 100-year darkness, there was a war between the Jedi and the Dark Jedi. So, Jedi win. Go, Jedi. But being <laughs> Jedi as they are... Being Jedi as they are, they don't kill the Dark Jedi. They say, hey guys, we don't approve of what you do, so we're going to send you out on this ship and we're going to shoot you into the stars. And hopefully you land on some planet and you decide that the things you did were all bad and now you're going to be farmers for the rest of your lives and you're going to think about all the good things you can do now. Wrong. That that ship landed on Korriban. And Korriban had a, uh, had the Sith species there that weren't like normal Sith species that we know of today. They were just a species. They were, they were a band of warriors. They, uh, they dealt a little bit in the dark side and kind of the Sith alchemy. But once the Dark Jedi got there, they quickly took over the Sith species. And then over hundreds of years, they interbred with the Sith species, making ultimately the Dark Lords of the Sith that we know today. So... Uh. So... <laughs> interbred Wait, interbred isn't that nice That's yeah. what, and that that is like the key word they yeah. use every time I read that part mm, that's legends so, baby <laughs> so legend style Coribon, but moving over like uh, like Justin saying in the chat is moribond. that is in the canon side they are both located in the same place on the star map if we can I can pull this up and <laughs> it's very easy to read so just mind where my cursor is Um, (laughs) So Korriban, uh, I'm not going to put you through it. We'll just say Korriban is, like, right here, and Morriban is right here. And then they're all in this same triangle of planets. So they're in the exact same place. It's just that they have different names. Mm. And, yeah, like Justin said, George Lucas didn't like the name Korriban. Um, But getting into where, like, the notable characters of Korriban... All the Sith. I said all the Sith all, all the them. time. <laughs> all the Darths. Yes. All of them. Um, so one of the main ones, uh, Darth Bane. So Darth Bane is kind of where this stemmed from. I love that trilogy of books. So I picked Darth Bane as one of the, the central pieces of where I wanted to go with my favorite planets. And then um, Darth Revan and Darth Malak were mentioned in this as well because they were looking for, um, they went to Korriban looking for the Star Forge. And then I read a little thing about the Star Forge. Never heard about it until today. I was like, "Holy <laughs> crap, that thing is awesome!"
3: Oh yeah, there's just so
4: many. If we could have a break from the canon books for a month, and we did, and that's why I'm reading. That's why I reading <laughs> episode three. But um, I'm going to dive real deep into some of this, um, some of these legends books to talk more about the Sith and their dark lo- and their um, more of their the lore that I haven't I've read before. So some of the features um is the Corbon's like the the final resting place for many of the dark lords of the Sith and their holocrons and it's the Valley of the Dark Lords and if you've ever played any of the KOTOR games Corbon is like a big it's a big central location of where all the Sith go but in SWTOR especially you can travel around in SWTOR as a Sith as a um what is like a Sith apprentice, or like you can travel as a, um, like an alchemist, or you can travel. Like, there's so many different kind of Siths that you can be. But mm-hmm. when you're walking around, it's very dreary. It's um, like let me, you know, let me just pull it up here. Um, it looks kind of like this. It's horrifying. Real nasty. Uh, <laughs> lots of destruction. York, baby. And, um, and then this is what it looks like on the outside. So. Korriban is definitely a barren waste planet because there has been wars and then there'll be a couple people that survive and then more wars and then a couple that survive and then more wars and just keeps getting like bombarded by all these different types of, um, all these different types of, uh, of, of force like users that use either the dark side or in case of the Republic finding the planet, um, they use the light side as well. So When the public discovered Korriban and it's about 5,000 BBY, that's when another war ensued with the Sith and the Dark Lord of the Sith was Naga Sadao. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Naga Sadao was the first Dark Lord of the Sith and he started the Great Hyperspace War, which pretty much left Korriban even worse off than it is and what it looks like today. So it's not really a place anybody wants to go to, but um, from there... It was seen as a planet that held all the bodies of the past Dark Lords, which got us to the Valley of the Dark Lords. And that's kind of where um, Darth Bane comes in into the picture. Um, they had uh, the Brotherhood of Darkness, which was in uh, the Bane books as well. Mm-hmm. And they started a Sith Academy there, and they helped train some of the Sith. So, if you are into Sith, if you are into the bad guys, then this is the planet that you need to discover more about with the books that are mostly um, Legends-based. So I'll start off with the Darth Bane trilogy. So pardon me for it being backwards on the screen if you oh. ever watch, but this is Darth Bane Path of Destruction, and this is the main book where they go into Korriban and how he discovers his his dark side powers and how he can use them against other foes and... Um, how he learns about some of the Sith holocrons and there's that dark valley or the valley of the dark lords that he visits Um, so I don't want to spoil anything that is probably one of the best trilogies I've ever read I bought this trilogy for a friend of mine for his birthday he does not read Star Wars books he knows that I love Star Wars they make fun of me about it so I bought him I bought him the Darth Bane Path of Destruction book just to see if he would read it and then, to kind of rub it in a little harder, I bought his kids the Star Wars Golden Book. Hey,
2: to raise them right. Use the children.
4: <laughs> yeah, I did it. So, um, another some of the other books um, that I've heard uh, Jared talk about quite a bit are the Fate of the Jedi series. Mm-hmm. So Corban is, 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 is um, prominent in those books. The Legacy of the Force, um, Inferno by Troy Denning. And Legacy of the Force, Fury by Aaron Alston. Um and then also Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis is uh there's mentions of Corban in Darth Plagueis. I don't remember exactly where it's at, but it is in there. Um It's a lot of books, you the don't book have to remember so. all of it. It's yeah. a lot of because books. Because the book there. said so. So like in James Luceno is it wrote a lot about Corban. So that was in Plagueis, that was in Labyrinth of Evil and it was also in Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader. So there's three lucino books what it's called the dark lord well, that's, trilogy that's labyrinth of Evil,
3: dark lord Advated. and the rots novelization ah I, that's right okay isn't that right so
2: yeah it is but it's, it's i think it's like so a, i think like you're like right cousin into the trilogy. it's like a, it, there's a quadrology <laughs> right wait west it's, it's not a duodecology or whatever uh, the hell yeah, it's it's nanodecology. Yeah, nanodecology. Nanodecology. <laughs> i
4: will for the rest of my life i'm never going to forget that
2: all right
0: <laughs> so, a lot of dark books though
2: uh, <laughs>
4: And then, yes, and then so moving on to some of the Old Republic where the the KOTOR games are prominent, much about the KOTOR games, there were books written about it. So we had Fatal Alliance and then Deceived, which was, there was four books uh, involved, and then Revan, um, because I don't have the the jacket. But um, those, a lot of the the Legends titles are going to get deep into... uh, Corban and Sith lore, and something that you wouldn't really get in in some of the canon uh, novelizations that we see right now, but we might get it in the new one that uh, that's coming out uh, later in. Not Brotherhood, it's the other. It's the, the one Sith. that's coming yeah. out that we just talked about. Sith. Shout yeah. out to Sith! Sith! There you go. Maybe we get something about that.
2: Yeah, Corbin walks so Exegol could run. I think. <laughs> yeah. And this is all, and also one of the one of the coolest things that I love. I love Corbin West. That was an ex- extraordinary. Summary of the whole thing. And for the canon fans, I do love, one, we see Moraband, as it now is in, in Season 6 of The Clone yep. Wars where Yoda, when Yoda goes there. But mm-hmm. also, our buddy, friend of the show, George Mann. Uh, I didn't know this until I clicked the link you put in our chat, Wes. Uh, he brought back Coraban in Myths and Fables and Gaze of Stone. It is mentioned as Coraban, So I know... Mystic Fables are, like, they're, they're folklore, right? So it's not necessarily super canon, super legends. But uh, the mm-hmm. name Korriban did appear in the Mist and Fables book. So if you haven't bought the regular edition, the Target edition, the Galaxy's Edge edition, or whatever of Mist and Fables, one, that's ridiculous. That book's incredible. But you get Korriban dropped in there. So great pull, West. That's right. I love that. You probably... Yeah.
4: I, yeah, I forgot to mention the. I forgot to mention the Clone Wars, where the Canon Moraband part, where Yoda travels to,
3: to Moraband and he yeah.
4: encounters Darth Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. see Darth played Bane played by
3: him. Mark
2: Hamill. Mark Hamill voiced hey. Darth Bane.
3: Props to you. Oh guys. my god,
2: Justin, great point. It is an it is an Istanbul, Constantinople of a planet.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> a, a perfect bull. way to describe Justin's it. Justin killing it
2: tonight. Wow, A All plus, right. man. A
4: plus. So, last but not least, Charles. What did you pick as your most obscure random Favorite random outer it? rim planet that nobody's yeah. ever heard of in yeah. their entire well, lives. You what know, did you pick?
3: I, I decided to choose the center of the known galaxy, uh, which is <laughs> none other than Coruscant because I'm basic guys. Uh, <laughs> in all reality, I do love Coruscant. It's like, it's like not New York city. It's New York planet. And it's, it's <laughs> yeah, cool. It's exactly. so cool because of what it like became. It's like, I don't know. It's like the melting pot of the galaxy. And I chose it actually because, obviously, the the main Jedi temple is there. Uh, Obi-Wan is one of those Jedi at that main Jedi temple. And so a lot <laughs> of stories kind of revolve around that. And that's that's why I chose it. But uh, there we go. Isn't that beautiful? Um, it,
2: it is It is a beautiful planet. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to lie. It's really cool. I hate New York, but I love Coruscant. Yeah.
4: I love how they stay... They stay right
2: in those, in
3: those, lanes.
4: Hyper- yeah. or those lanes. or those lanes, with those cars. I Traffic mean, is very important, or you're gonna
2: <laughs>
1: die.
3: <laughs> so, so technically, we actually first saw Coruscant, and what most people would consider the introduction of Coruscant was the 1997 special edition of Return of the Jedi, when they added in some of the extra scenes of the planet celebrating right after after the fall of the Second Death Star. That
2: was ninety.
3: Ninety seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. That's right. Yeah. But here's a fun fact for you. This is a book-related fact. Coruscant was first named and described in 1991 by none other than Timothy Zahn in *Heir to the Empire*. And he, it, Timothy Zahn, didn't come up with the idea mm-hmm. for the planet. George Lucas had already come up with the idea, obviously. Um, but Zahn was the one who actually named it. He came up with the name Coruscant, uh, which is actually also an English word not pronounced that way, uh, that means glittering. So he chose that name, and George Lucas liked it. It wow. was the opposite of, of the Korriban, I guess, Moraband situation. He was like, yeah, we'll use it. We won't <laughs> fix that in post. And, um, yeah, I, I just thought it was really interesting. It was initially, before Zong got a hold of it, it was described in some of like the West End Games material, I guess, as just the Imperial world. And that was the idea that he took and kind of ran with and, and created this idea of Coruscant. So thank you, Timothy Zahn, for that. Nice. Um, notable <laughs> wow. characters having to do with Coruscant. I mean, take your pick, right? Any of the Jedi, literally anyone <laughs> yeah. is on Coruscant <laughs> at one point or another. But um, most of those people immigrate to Coruscant, as far as we know. So I was trying to find some people like, hey, who's actually born and raised oh, Coruscant? awesome. Um, Del Uh Miko from Inferno Squad. You guys remember this? this? Really? Oh,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's
3: got kind of a sad story, technically, if you play through that whole uh, Battlefront Two game. But really interesting guy from Coruscant. So loved him as a character. Um, Captain Nita, guys. Captain Nita, the (coughs) the Imperial who was killed for losing the Falcon after the Battle of Hoth. He was from Coruscant. Right from that infamous moment, apology accepted, Captain Nita from Darth Vader.
4: Do you think he was buried on Coruscant? I think he Coruscant? was
3: jettisoned out into deep space. Wes, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. I
2: agree. <laughs> so you know what? Right he might be direction. at Coruscant by now. Just like
3: Oh, uh, he somehow ended up on that trash planet oh, that Maul was on. <laughs> he says, apparently that's where all all things end up. up with with Yomi. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And then incredible. probably my favorite uh, find here of someone who's from Coruscant, uh, Jocasta Nu. guys, is from Coruscant, no. and that makes so much sense. Like, of course, she she would be. The yeah. librarian, hell you hell have yeah. to be from there, so <laughs> so she was. <laughs> and uh, Jocasta New's incredible. Go check out uh, some of the old Vader comics as well to see her do more than just uh, get mad at Obi-Wan for telling her her... Archives are not complete. Uh, let's, she is elite. She is elite. Uh, let's talk about some of the features. So, Wes, you already showed a picture earlier of the Jedi Temple, which I will remind you later mm-hmm. becomes the Imperial Palace. So you literally see that amazing building uh, be I don't know, a beacon of hope and then turn into like a beacon of tyranny. And so that's a really interesting Ooh. kind of fact about it. There's the Galactic Senate building, which we get to explore it, uh, a lot, honestly, through the prequels, through the Clone Wars TV series, through some of the books themselves. Um, thank you, Wes, pulling up a picture of the Galactic Senate. Yeah, it looks like that kind of egg-shaped dome building. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, this guy.
3: Yeah. With wow. the inside, if you're in that wow. Senate chamber, it's like asking for vertigo. Like that would just be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's no, then you. there's Please. the works. Are you guys familiar with the works?
2: Yeah, uh, no. vaguely. Yeah. Go, so go the works it. is
3: like the industrial district that kind of fell to the wayside, and it's mostly like these empty factories and buildings on it. This is where Duku goes to meet Sidious. Essentially in the in the prequels when he's talking about how the Clone Wars have started. That's where they meet. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, they're in the works. And there's wow. an actual shot, like a quick kind of landscape shot of a lot of those buildings. And you can tell it's kind of this abandoned area. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh cool. yeah. Okay, okay.
3: And in Legends, this place is also referred to as Sector Nine Four Three. So that's for that's for uh, Jared and all of our Legends fans. God that's literally rad. <laughs> the entire underworld, like yes. Uh thirteen thirteen, right, that the the infamous video game was supposed to feature that was canceled and that we later saw Ahsoka go to in the Clone Wars. Uh there's all that. There's the Outlander yeah. Club, which is where uh Sleeze uh, talks with uh yeah. with Obi Wan. So there's like and Nuna Ball is
2: being Nuna played, Ball is being we there. from earlier very in the important. show. Exactly,
3: <laughs> and that's another thing I love about Khorasan is it's just level upon level upon level, and depending on where you are, it's a very different feel. It's like a very different planet. Um, so it's kind of like I don't know. It's kinda, it's like those Russian dolls or or, uh, or Petrushka or, dolls. You know, you're just like <laughs> <steam dolls. laughs> the next layer, the next layer, the next yeah. layer, that's and each one's a little just, different than the last. <laughs> oh God, um, and then, of course, on that note, the the Mantorai Mountains was the last feature that I wanted to mention mm. because they were recently brought up again in the High Republic novels. And it's like this really cool mountain peak, essentially, that's on the surface of Coruscant. And it's like one of the last areas of natural what, topography? Is that topography? Is that Matt? I don't even know. It's Topography. Yeah. Okay, Is that right. a, did I just You're pull right, that? I, oh, my. You sure right. did. Yo, thank, that's topography, dog. Caesar's English, fifth grade. Um, <laughs> topography, son. Uh, topography, yeah. homie. Um, <laughs> so it's like one of the only parts of, of that natural surface of Coruscant that's left. And I think it was Lena So has like a chapter in Light of the Jedi, I want to say, where she's mm-hmm. at the Manor Ai Mountain Peak. Um, and it, it's just a cool... Moment, Because all the rest of Coruscant is just built over. But that is one natural piece left. So lots of really cool places around around Coruscant you can go to. Now, I, I want to tell Jared and all the Legends fans again in the chat. Actually, every book that I pulled, and this was not intentional, is a Legends novel. Every single one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, every single one. And even since we've started talking, I can name plenty of canon novels you could go with too. But I want to talk about these first. So Wes... You brought up a couple, which are actually some of my favorite Legends novels. Uh, Labyrinth of Evil is the first one. Okay, so one of the James... Oh, look at one that of the James Yeah, I got the hardcover, so man. Cool. Um, so this <laughs> is basically like the prequel to Revenge of the Sith. So you're reading Revenge of the Sith right now. Wes, you could read this, mm-hmm. and it's a really, really nice companion piece. That's why it's kind of the first part of the Dark Lord trilogy. Um, it, t- it actually talks about what Anakin and Obi-Wan do on Cato Neimoidia that apparently doesn't count. And then it's <laughs> kind of like a detective uh, story where they have found out about Darth Sidious, essentially. And they're following a trail and they follow it all the way to Coruscant. And like you feel like they're going to get there. You feel like they're going to catch him, even though you know that that's not possible. Uh, it's just really, really well done. Great read. The next one is the other one that you brought up and the other piece of the Dark Lord trilogy, The Rise of Darth Vader, another Luceno novel. Mm. Um, And I I chose this just because it talks, you know, obviously about Anakin once he's in the suit in the early days of Vader. And so as kind of Coruscant transitions, essentially to uh, the Imperial stronghold. Uh, Beyond that... I wanted to bring up and give a shout-out to the X-Wing series. No hardcovers this time, Wes. Um, <laughs> and they're, specifically the first part of the X-Wing series, the part that's written by uh, Stackpole, there are a, a huge part of this story just in general is basically the Rebellion trying to take back Coruscant once it has become this stronghold for the Empire. And the second and third books, which are Wedge's Gamble and the Kratos Trap specifically, talk about the Rebellion going in, trying to take back Coruscant and kind of all the the fallout that happens because of that. And I don't want to give too many spoilers because this is a really, really fantastic series. Um, I would highly recommend this to really anybody that enjoys uh, space warfare. Like if if you like the Thrawn kind of space warfare scenes, I bet that you would like these novels because it's a whole lot of technical jargon about the X-Wings and how they work and all of that. But they spend a lot of time on Coruscant, so I wanted to bring that up. And then my last one. Uh, some of you who are familiar with this book might, might scoff at this. It is The Cestus Deception <laughs> okay, by Stephen Barnes. Uh-huh. Yes, I know what you're thinking if you've read this. It's really only on Coruscant for like the first couple chapters, and then it's set on Ord Cesdis, hence the name, the Cestus Deception. This is not the Coruscant Deception, but I love this freaking book, and I don't get any opportunities to talk about it, and so I want the deception to is that it's not on exactly. Coruscant. That exactly. the yeah. That is exactly
4: the cover looks like it takes place Fisto during Mars. Yeah. Yeah. it's Just very colorful.
3: It's very colorful. Oh my god! Look does. at that Kit Fisto Shout though, to action it. toes down there. Um, so this, this book is so criminally underrated. Like when I think about legends books that I adore, yes, it's like Revenge of the Sith. It's some of the ones I mentioned earlier. It's, it's the Bane trilogy. It's Plagueis, of course. But this book is like such a, it's like just a half tier below those. Like it is so good, but no one talks about it. Um, it's Obi-Wan, it's Kit Fisto, they work work as a team basically to go undercover and fight against these, like, semi-organic droids that have fast enough processing times that it negates your ability to see slightly into the future as a Force user, like, it's absolutely insane. Um... Hmm. it delves a lot into what it means to be a clone and what kind of choice they have when they've literally been bred to be soldiers in a war that's going on like it hits it 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 just hits on so many notes and it's fun and it's on coruscant at one point so i just wanted to talk about it Um, please go (laughs) read that book guys
2: i appreciate you so much thank you for that pull (laughs) you know what shout out what you love yes um, you're gonna get somebody to
3: read I, that just I by hope talking so. about it. That's so, always you know. our I've plan. been trying to persuade <laughs> Andrew for some for some time to read that just with little comments here and there. So hopefully this is this is what does it. Um, and and then as I was talking with what's coming out next week, I gotta shout out the Queen's trilogy because uh, Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril, I assume Queen's Hope is gonna spend a decent amount of time on Coruscant. Spent a lot of time in the Galactic Senate building, kind of learning what it is to be a senator and to navigate that kind of whole political maelstrom. So that's, that's another really fantastic choice if you're looking for a canon option. But I, I decided to be Legends-heavy tonight.
2: I like <laughs> it. We like, to, we like to live in both worlds. And it's actually fitting because a quick plug for next week's show, uh, we are actually going to be talking about the Essential Legends Collection that's coming out on Tuesday with our good buddy Jared from Legends Look Back. So be sure to tune in for that. And later this week, I actually also wanted to give a plug. Our friends in the Cosmic Force on Wednesday are going to be doing a roundtable on the Higher Republic Adventures Volume 2. We've been talking a lot about the High Republic lately, and the Higher Republic Adventures is continuously the unsung hero of the whole initiative. And then, of course, Legends Look Back is on Thursday. They are doing the Wide World of Legends Collectibles. So if you need more Uteni in your life, especially some Legendsy stuff, Ooh. keep an eye out for that. But I also just want to say, fellas, before we... Do a little wrap-up here and talk about some of our audience's favorite books. I want to tell our audience to keep an eye on Utini.com this coming week. we got a lot of cool stuff for you. Tomorrow, uh, which is Tuesday the 29th, we'll be publishing a recap of Queen's Peril and Queen's Shadow. There's a video on this very channel that went through that, that recapped those books, but we are also doing a written version that were inspired by Charles's Round Roundtable Summaries and written by our very own Emma Park. So that'll be going up live to get you ready for Queen's Hope next week. And... Haven't announced this yet anywhere, but it's a live show, so let's do it. On Friday, we are going to be releasing on the site an exclusive interview with E.K. Johnston. We asked her a couple questions about rounding out the Queen's Trilogy. She was kind enough to answer us. Uh, That's just going to be a written interview, so be sure to go to the site on Friday morning. where We'll be publishing that. She has done just incredible work on this whole trilogy, and we're very excited to get her thoughts on a couple of really cool questions as we look back on the legacy of the Amidolans and everything. Uh, but fellas, I'm looking at this chat here And I want to sh- give a couple quick shout-outs. Our friend J.G. Karst says My favorite planet has to be Mandalore Each of the families having difference in culture Stained glass yeah. buildings And add the Game of Thrones Like the culture Great of the big. Mando houses And like, oh my god A Game mm-hmm. of Thrones style show On Mandalore It's, it's almost kind of what we do get eventually In like Rebels and in Clone Wars Like We, we, we hint at that yes. a couple times, don't we?
4: Yeah, for sure. There is like some of the houses, and every, like I am like when uh, when Sabine announces that she is um, house. What is she? She's house. Ren. She's not house Fizzla. Ren. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I just watched that episode like two weeks ago, so I should know that. But um, yeah, it's a lot of that. A lot of that. Uh, a lot of the houses. A lot of uh, posturing. Yeah. For you know for supremacy.
2: Yeah, absolutely love that. Justin chiming in, loving Kashik. I mean, lots of great stuff on Kashyyyk. Our Wookiee Brethren, another great Battlefront level. That is an impossible final stand. Seems <laughs> to what, be. More, what
4: more do you see? What more of Kashyyyk do you see than in the holidays? We see after too Matt much. Life debt? We see too much.
2: No. Aftermath, after life debt. Aftermath, life debt. Don't watch the holiday special. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, <okay>. but <laughs> folks there are so many great planets coming and one of the things that I love especially about the higher Republic is that we're getting so many new planets but we are getting further enrichment of planets that we've loved for so many years that's what Legends did for so long with all those picks we talked about that's what Canon is doing going forward as you go forward, also the comics—if you want to get some visual representations of a lot of these planets—the comics are where it's at. There are so many planets yeah. that are given panels and things. Like we always talk about wanting concept art and art books. We get that. It's just weekly, and there's characters and word bubbles. <laughs> like the comics are a great resource <laughs> for all these planets, um, and I just can't wait for more. Tim, before we get out of here, I want to say thanks Thank for you. coming Thank on you tonight. For Always, a always blast love having you on. Years. Of course, man. Thank <laughs> you, Tim. <jam. laughs> yes, he was. You were right, Westway. Well done. Well done. Uh, we will be back next week with the full crew and Jared talking about Essential Legends Collection. Get those pre-orders in because you don't want to miss out on Plagueis, Kenobi, uh, Dynasty of Evil, and Wedge's Gamble. Nailed it. Excellent. That's all four. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I got nervous for a second, uh, but we'll see you on the website tomorrow for those Queen hopes. No, Queen's Peril and Shadow recaps. And, of course, later on for that EK Johnson interview. See you all in the Discord for the bracket. And, my friends, I think that'll about do it for this week's episode of Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so, so much. We hope you enjoy the $900 goal of all all and shows when we get to it. A special thank you to OK Endar, Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council. And Matt Billington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson in our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson, Corey is at Corey M. Helton, Charles is at C. Henkel, West is at Boss West, Timothy is at T. Guthrie. Underscore T. Guthrie, I'm sorry. A special thank you goes out to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor who never gets a week off, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Charles and Wes and Timothy for podcasting me tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. And as always, may the force be with you.
1: There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like minded fans at utini.com. And remember the force will be with you always.